How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. I'm glad to be back from New York. And I'm glad to be back here on the only true democracy in a talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. We're glad the show is growing, and we welcome our newest affiliate today, starting up WPVC in Charlottesville, Virginia. Be sure to join in the conversation with our great guest in this hour, 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And next hour, when we have wide open telephones talking about the upcoming Democratic debate live from the win in Vegas, keep in mind the number 8886 Leslie. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Our guest and glad to be back is, uh, as always, Leo Girard. Uh, definitely one of, if not my favorite guest on the program, someone who works very hard for so many of us, the working class, the middle class, the majority of Americans, and somebody that I know so many of you have commented to me in email and Twitter and Facebook and even on the phone, if not even in a handwritten letter, that you've learned so much from. He is the international president of the United Steelworkers Union, the USW, and uh, more than a pleasure to have with us Leo Gerardos, a VP of AFL-CIO. Leo, thank you for joining us, President Gerard. Good afternoon and welcome. Happy Tuesday. Good. Good to be with you. Um, Leo, TPP is a bad trade deal and another bad trade deal. Uh, that, quite frankly, you know, in your opinion, I think many Americans and even people running for president we're going to hear from on the left tonight don't feel should be presented to Congress for consideration. Now, there are so many things about this. Um, you have uh, talked about TPP and you've talked about TPP here and you've talked about why specifically the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal should not be submitted to Congress. You've written about this in your blog. People can get that uh, at the Huffington Post, also on our website, and following you on Twitter at USW Blogger. Um, Leo, talk to us about TPP specifically and why this deal is such a bad deal and should not be submitted to Congress. Well, there's so many places to start from. But uh, I guess the uh, if I start by being a little bit entertaining, the uh, minister uh, responsible for the TPP negotiations from New Zealand said it, uh, I think, said it best. Uh, And what he said is on the hardest core issues, there are some ugly compromises out there. And when I say ugly, I mean ugly from each perspective. It doesn't mean I've got to swallow a dead rat and you're swallowing foie gras. And that's what it turns out being. 
is that uh, working people are going to swallow a dead rat, and the already rich and multinationals, including the drug industry and uh, others, are going to get uh, a free ride. And so there are so many issues. There's nothing to deal with currency manipulation that we know goes on between uh, certainly China, Japan, Vietnam, South Korea, a whole bunch of them that uh, do that. There is now the inclusion of what I call a corporate court system for investor-to-state dispute settlement. So if there's a dispute on these issues, it doesn't go to a U.S. court. It goes to a corporate court. Uh, we've got a, uh, and, and the, the, the rules of origin are so complicated at this point, we haven't all yet figured them out in the, the, the I guess the, the, the possibility, extreme possibility, probably exactly right, is that the rules of origin are going to be uh, devastating to the American auto parts industry. Uh, one rule of origin is that 45% uh, of the uh, content of an automobile uh, has to be domestically produced. And what that means is in any one of the 12 TPP countries. So within those 12 TPP countries, if, if the initial interpretation is correct, the American auto supply chain will be competing against Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei. Uh, the last two uh, still have forced labor and slave labor. In uh, in uh, Vietnam, again, not sure if it's the right number, but it's somewhere around 65 cents an hour. Uh, now, that 45% has to come from one of the TPP countries. Where does the other 55% come from? Welcome to China. China didn't need a seat at the table. They were given one. So we, we could run through all of those issues. Uh, there's no uh, no guarantee that uh, uh, the labor standards can be enforced. One of the points that we've made continuously to the U.S. Trade Representative is it took you six years to find that Guatemala, who was part of a trade agreement, didn't adhere to the labor standards they had agreed to. Six years for a country like Guatemala. What are you going to say to South Korea? Or what are you going to say to Japan? Or what are you going to say to Vietnam? And what are you going to say to Brunei? Brunei practices Sharia law. Are Republicans going to vote to give extra of our jobs to a country that has Sharia law? I'm not judging whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just judging the Republican hysteria. Uh, why, are we, why are we giving special straight trade status to Malaysia that was declared by the State Department investigation to still be trafficking in, in human beings? still having slave labor, still having child labor. Why are we giving them preferential trade agreements? So I can go on and on. This, this is just a bad deal. It doesn't deserve to be put in front of the Congress. And if it is put in front of the Congress, it deserves to be defeated soundly. You, you know, Leo, um, 
you know, the United Steelworkers, along with other unions, but especially the USW, have devote, devoted substantial resources and time uh, to working with the trade negotiators uh, responsible for developing and advancing U.S. interest in the trade talks. In other words, you guys know what you're talking about. You know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you guys are the largest industrial union, not just in the United States, but on this continent of North America. What you just spoke about uh, with regard to the uh, threatening of future production and, and future employment for Americans, for our products and for products made here that definitely affects jobs. Unlike the politicians writing this stuff and certainly unlike uh, you know people throughout the world, but here in the United States – you at the USW, and especially in your position as president, Leo, see the real-life effects of trade policy every day. And you've played, paid close attention to the provisions uh, that have the potential to harm the majority of not just your membership, but, but workers in the United States who are non-union or in other unions, right? That's absolutely correct. And, and the reality is that the, the trade negotiators can no longer – reference that this is going to create jobs and all that malarkey that they've spun at us. NAFTA alone has cost us about 850,000 jobs, uh, and, and they can't deny that. So now what they're, they're trying to resort to is sort of the need for the State Department. This is in, in, in America's economic uh, well-being. This is in America's national security interest. So let's look at what they've done. They've made a trade deal with South Korea uh, that is already costing us a huge amount of jobs. South Korea has not lived up to its end of that deal, and we've lost upwards of uh, 100,000 jobs already through that deal. Uh, we've now got a trade deal with Vietnam, uh, with Brunei, Malaysia, Australia, the Pacific coast of South America, and so these deals weren't done on the basis of economic well-being. These deals were done on the basis of State Department positioning. And in order for getting those countries into the American nexus, we're prepared to give them our jobs. And so they'll have to rely more and more on the American uh, society and American economy to keep their economies humming. Uh, we all know what that did with China. We've transferred almost $7 trillion worth of wealth by accumulated trade deficits since we gave China a chance to so-called join the WTO. And if we haven't filed, if the steelworkers haven't filed 25 trade cases in the last 15 months, I'd be shocked. And we're filing trade cases against China and winning on almost every count because they cheat on every count. And they don't play by the rules. And if the union wasn't filing those trade cases, unfortunately our government isn't filing them. And so I've been yelling and screaming that we need to increase the budget to have an enforcement unit, uh, whether it's done in the Customs Department, whether it's done in the, in the USTR, whether it's done in Commerce, we need an enforcement unit that's going to enforce the rules that are already there before we go drafting new ones that aren't going to be enforced. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the president of the United Steelworkers, vice president of the AFL-CIO, Mr. Leo Girard. Pick up the phone and join us. Do you agree or disagree or have a question, a comment, an opinion you'd like to share regarding TPP? Is this a deal that's so bad it shouldn't be put before Congress? And why when jobs, jobs, jobs are still what Americans cry out as we head into yet uh, another presidential election, an election for other offices? Why are our politicians, even some you know on the left, um, helping? to help China 
uh, create more products and get more of we, America's middle class uh, jobs, especially in manufacturing, where we used to reign and can reign once again. Pick up the phone and join us, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Follow Leo, at USW Blogger, and also check out their website, USW.org. Back after this. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. With us, welcome or welcome back to you listening, and we welcome back President Leo Gerard, International President of the United Steelworkers Union. Leo, thank you for holding and welcome back. Um, let's let, let's talk, and, and I mean, obviously, one of the reasons you know you stand there and you know scream from the mountaintop, th- this is a bad deal, is because the devastation that this could cause to American manufacturing and American jobs, not just in manufacturing, uh, by these bad trade deals like TPP. Uh, that is overwhelming. You cited before the break historically the evidence, for example, uh, that NAFTA alone has cost more than 800,000 jobs. So let's talk about devastation to American manufacturing and to American jobs that are caused by such bad trade deals like NAFTA. Maybe a little history lesson for the folks listening. Well, look at that. Uh, here, here's two things that uh, uh, our union has been saying for quite some time, the first one in particular. Uh, of all the trade deals that have been signed by the United States, show me a trade deal that has resulted in net job increases and net upward pressure on wages. If there is one, uh, I'll apologize. I haven't had anybody call us and say there is one. No one. From from any... From any uh, branch of any administration going back to the Clinton administration that gave us NAFTA. Then the other thing we've done is we've posed what are the 10 top unknown questions about the TPP relative to the promises that have been made? How will the TPP raise American wages? We've asked to have a report from the USTR and the International Trade Commission to give us a report on what is in the Trans-Pacific Partnership that would help maintain uh, upward pressure on wages. How will the labor obligations actually be enforced? What will, what will the TPP do to reach a, a trade balance so that we don't have continuing trade deficits with each of these countries? No answer. What can we do to have a level playing field against investor state corporate courts how will we not how will we protect our national control over public services no answer will the trans-pacific partnership adequately protect against unfair competition by state-owned and state-subsidized companies we know that in both 
Vietnam and Malaysia for sure, and Brunei if we want to put that in, that they have primarily state-controlled corporations, much similar to what China does in, in the Chinese state-controlled companies. Most of them are controlled by the Chinese military. Um, you know, so I can go through a list of these, and in particular, what will it do in addition to the cost of medicines? The, the reality is that uh, they've extended patent protection for medicines from being unable to create a generic for X amount of years that will make our medical uh, costs, our, our drug costs, even higher than they are now. And we all know how god-awful they are now. You so in all of those questions, in all those questions, we've said to people in the trade world, explain to us and the answer, a positive answer to any one of those questions. None are forthcoming. You know, tonight there's going to be a debate among the Democrats that are running for president uh, out of Vegas, uh, you know, viewed on CNN, as you know, Leo. And uh, a, a few questions about that debate with regard to TPP. But first, let's look at polls. You know, we are such a divided nation, and we're deeply divided along partisan lines. Republicans, Democrats, independents, a very diverse group of people geographically and socioeconomically show broad opposition when you look at the polls, the opinion polls, uh, to TPP, to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now, this opposition unites this diversity of Americans who are so deeply divided, especially along party lines and among, uh, among political issues. Why then would politicians, especially in election year, left or right, go forth with this and be in favor of this when voters aren't in favor of this, no matter what their ideology is? I think the secret is follow the money. Um, You know, we've got, uh, as I said earlier, we've got Republicans that go apoplectic and attack the president over all kinds of issues. Even even some of them uh, being so, uh, so paranoid that they want to pass legislation outlawing Sharia law. And again, I don't want to be critical of that religion or whatever. But all of a sudden, they're going to go silent on it when we're doing a trade deal with that. Uh, We've got uh, Democrats who are uh, strong on human rights, uh, but we know that Malaysia traffics in human beings and has slave and forced child labor. And are those Democrats going to vote for this trade deal and abandon those principles? These are the stories we need to take up on the Hill. And these are the stories that we need the general public to take up. That, uh, so the reason we have these is follow the money. You know, who got protected in these trade deals? And, and who's going to pay the prices? Like the minister from New Zealand said, uh, we're, the workers are expected to swallow a rat. Yeah, very, very good point. We're going to take a break, uh, Leo. President Gerard, hold on. We're going to talk more about problems, major problems, from uh, the proposed uh, TPP trade deal. We'll be back after this with our guest, President Leo Gerard. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. Back after this. Show is 
City President Leo Girard, who is president of the United Steelworkers, the USW. Great union. He does so much for so many. And he's saying, look, the TPP that's being proposed has major problems. Um, let's talk about, uh, Leo, and, and you can speak to this certainly much better than I, rules of origin that determine levels of domestic content. Uh, you talked about how they're bad enough even uh, under NAFTA, as we have seen. How would they be worse? And I know that you feel, and I agree with you, that they would be worse with TPP, but how so and why? Well, let me, let me give you some of the some of the facts, I guess, that uh, as best as we can determine them at this point. Under NAFTA, the domestic content standard was 62.6%. That meant that 62.6% of the vehicle content had to be manufactured from one of the three countries. They then went to Australia and did a trade deal with Australia, and they reduced the domestic content to 50%. Then they did a trade deal with South Korea, and they reduced the domestic content from South Korea to 35%, which means that 65% of that content could come from anywhere else. Well, in the TPP, they took it to 45% for certain products and 35% for auto parts. Now, if you look at the, the auto industry, uh, the auto industry now primarily doesn't manufacture the automobile. What it does is you hear them called assembly plants. What they're doing is assembling parts and components from different places. Some of those components in different places could be domestically produced. For example, the engine could be produced in one city, in one state, and moved to the other city in the other state where it will be put in the cars. That's all within the content, and it doesn't count. When you, when you do the trade deal now at the TPP, You've got certain parts that are 45% for the overall vehicle and 35% for certain parts. Well, if you've got 45% that has to be amongst the TPP countries, there's 55% that can come from anywhere else. But within those TPP countries, you've got, as I said, just to point out a few, um, Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, uh, Peru, Chile, uh, New Zealand, and, and Australia that already had 50%. Uh, so the, the attack on the domestic auto supply chain is going to be fierce. And, and the first pressure will come to lower standards, uh, and we'll have to resist that. And once they do that, the next pressure will come from the one to, to get them made somewhere else. And, and this is a huge blow, not just to the auto sector, but who makes those parts? Is a tire going to be considered an auto part? If a tire is an auto part, what happens to our tire makers? Uh, will door panels be considered an auto part? If you stamp out a door panel, will that be steel, aluminum, or carbon fiber? Where will that come from? So the rules of origin are terrible. And if you put that besides the 20 countries that manipulate their currency, uh, the, the pressure, quote, the downward pressure on jobs is going to be immense even to the point where uh, the Ford Motor Company told Congress they should reject the TPP. And, and Ford understands what it's going to mean because they've invested so much in the North American hemisphere. 
the pressure that's going to come from outside the hemisphere is going to be fierce. And, you know, to Ford's credit, at least they had the guts to speak up and say, because of the rules of origin and the the, uh, uh, the brain just died, the currency manipulation, uh, this is a bad deal. In fact, the EPI, the Economic Policy Institute, uh, predicted that 5.8 million American jobs could be saved or created if we stop those 20 countries that manipulate their currency from manipulating their currency. And we've just added an opportunity for another dozen to be within a trade deal where they can manipulate their currency with no uh, no outcome, no, no uh, negative outcome on top of China and South Korea that we know do it automatically. We have we a lot of people. We saw what China did when their economy slowed down. They uh, reduced the value of their currency almost overnight. We have a lot of people that have uh, written in questions on Twitter, some people that have called and lines went out. Let me share some. Uh, Chris just says, uh, President Gerard, I agree TPP is bad, but is there anything good about TPP? She wanted your opinion about the inclusion in TPP of the auto market opening for Japan and whether that is a good or bad thing for America. She's a bit confused by it. Well, look at the, the fact that the matter is the best benchmark to see how effective we'll be is the auto market was supposed to be open for South Korea. Uh, we got about 10% of the auto industry penetration into South Korea, and the South Koreans have about 90% penetration into our market. And I don't mean that they've got 90% of the market. They've got 90% of their stuff into the market. And so we've been trying to get into the, the Japanese market. There's been God knows how many meetings and negotiations with Japan and there's nothing in this deal that's going to get us greater access into the Japanese market. And what its effect going to do is have increased downward pressure on manufacturing because of the rules of origin. Let's um, also ask, let's see, his line went out. We were just, his line just dropped on the phone there. And this is William in New Mexico. Sorry, William, give us a buzz back. But William's general question uh, to you, Leo, is he said, President Gerard, um, I have a question about Joe Biden. Did Joe Biden start the right to work discussion? Uh, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Joe Biden has never never been for the right to work. And and I don't know if, if, if the caller... Uh, what he meant by the right to work. Right to work is a anti-worker uh, deal that says workers that have a union uh, have to be represented by that union, but they don't have to pay their freight. So they're, in fact, free riders that are meant to weaken the ability of the union to negotiate good collective agreements. Joe Biden has never, ever, ever been for that. And, in fact, we're pretty proud of the relationship we've had with Joe Biden Uh, Our union endorsed him when he ran for Senate for the first time uh, because he was pro-labor. I'm not not now encouraging him to make a decision about whether he's going to run for president, except to tell you that uh, he's never been for right to work. He's certainly been for right for jobs. He's certainly fought like hell to have more jobs in America. We, 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 you know, tonight a lot of people are going to watch the debate, I would imagine, especially Democrats and people who are undecided and even uh, Republicans. And uh, Anderson Cooper is moderating. As of late, Hillary Clinton's been talking about TPP. She's distanced herself from the president on that. Should Anderson Cooper, the moderator of that debate, in your opinion, as we posed uh, to our listeners online, ask the candidates about TPP in tonight's debate? Do you think he will? Do you think he should? And and if you were advising him, what would you tell him to ask them? 
I'd, I'd ask them to uh, definitely ask and not ask a general question. Take one of the questions that I just laid out. Ask them first and foremost, are they for the TPP? A single answer, yes or no. And once they've answered that, say, let's go through these ten things. Or let's go through these four things. Uh, can you show us when the TPP would increase wages and give create more jobs in America? What What's relationship to that, to the historical record? Uh, and, and I think that he ought to press ahead and, and make each of the candidates stake out their position. Because I really think that it being against these rotten trade deals, the American public is ahead of the political establishment. And the political establishment, their policies are marinated in money. When we look at what happens with tonight's debate, I, I do want to talk about Hillary Clinton because she's the front runner um, on the Democratic side. What is your feeling about her comments and her distancing herself from the president on, on TPP? Even if it's for political gain and advantage, do you like what you hear? Look, I think it's an important uh, position. She hasn't come out totally against it. She left herself some wiggle room when she said, based on what she knows so far, up to date. But I can reinforce it to her that uh, what she's heard so far is uh, not the worst that she will hear when she gets into the deal. And, uh, you know, you look at the historical record, as I keep saying, and I would ask Hillary and the other candidates, can you show me a trade deal that has been good for creating jobs in America and has created upward pressure on both jobs and wages? The answer, we're looking, waiting to hear from you. That, that's the important thing, and, and, and you know, we, we tend to leave China out because we don't have a trade deal with China yet, but there's a trade deal being negotiated in secret with China, nicknamed the BIT, and what it is is a trade in services so that companies that provide a service, like lawyers that doing wills, like radiologists taking uh, radiological x-rays, a whole bunch, I mean, I go through a litany of services, that could be easily transferred to China and then sent back here, that's going to be done in a trade deal that's being negotiated with China. Do they have a position on that? Uh, you know, so that there's a whole range of, uh, of issues under the, the, you know, the title of trade, including uh, what's happened since China. While we're on break, uh, Leslie, I was looking at an email I got from our lawyers. <laughs> our lawyers have now asked the USTR's office, to look into what's called circumvention. We won a huge case on tires uh, for the second time from China, and now we've had a whistleblower explain to us how they're circumventing that, and they're undervaluing the tires, they're improperly naming the tires as uh, trailer tires when they're in fact truck tires. And so there's the whole deal. Not only did we catch them cheating on, on their exports to this country, we're now catching them cheating on the inflammation of that. And why the hell should it be the union that has to do that? It should be the government's job. Very true. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a lot more to say and a lot of people weighing in on this discussion online. You want to weigh in online? Follow Leo at USW Blogger. Follow me at Leslie Marshall. I'll incorporate your tweets throughout this hour. And when we come back, just one more segment with President Gerard. Pick up the phone and join us. 8886-LESLIE. 8886-537543. Should Anderson Cooper ask the candidates about TPP? Is TPP top of mind for you? International trade and U.S. jobs? Why wouldn't it be? and why shouldn't it be? 
And where do you stand? Polls show that the majority of Americans, regardless of their ideology, regardless of their politics, don't favor, oppose TPP. Where do you stand and why? Pick up the phone and join us. Share that with Leo Gerard or ask questions of the president. President Leo Gerard's in the house at USW Blogger. Follow him on Twitter. Back to you, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Right after this, don't go away. Leslie Marshall, when the truth matters. Give her a call now at 888-6LESLIE. Gerard, president of the United Steelworkers, uh, talking about TPP. Leo, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Let's take some calls. Uh, let's start it out uh, because uh, we lost William in New Mexico. And we go to Helen in Ithaca left next on line two. Helen, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hi. A question uh, for President Gerard or comment? Uh, a, qu- a question Call it coming from out of naivete or something, but and I much admire Leo Gerard's work. I think you're a hero. But why is Barack Obama shoving this deal down our throat? What does he have to gain by this? You know, Bernie Sanders has always been against it. Now Hillary Clinton is saying that she is not for it. But why? Why, why is he pushing this so hard? This is this is a horrible idea. I uh, I can tell you with some sadness that uh, I wrestled with that question now for almost two years and can't find a real answer. The, the only answer that I can come up with that I and I, and I, I, I I'm uncomfortable with that answer because I know the president personally and I know how wise and how smart and how committed he is on almost every other front on on this front it seems like the people around him his senior economic advisors uh, the current secretary of state uh, the trade representative the current secretary of commerce all of them have been pro-free traders. All of them have had uh, too close a connection to, to Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah. This, this, this is a Wall Street deal. This, this yep. is a deal that the Wall Streeters make it on, on every count, and the multinational corporations make it on every count. And uh, I, can't, I can't come up. I wish I could answer you. I can't come up with a real reason except well, think- that... Uh, I, I think that's the answer. And now that um, all these trade agreements are chipping away, first the uh, you know the working class, the middle middle class, now they're going after the doctors, sending, sending jobs from radiologists and physicians, et cetera, over to China. Like it's like you know, finally maybe we'll all get together and say no, no more. I, I think that we have an opportunity in, in this election cycle. Like I said to uh, really, really hold the Democrats uh, accountable. And I'm, I'm pleased that it would appear that every Democratic candidate for president currently, with the exception of the former secretary of the deputy secretary of the Navy, um, who is uh, uh, pro-free trade, he and I had a, had a pretty interesting exchange at a meeting. Uh, the rest are all against these trade deals. We need to mobilize the Democratic Party, and we need to go and find Republicans that understand 
America is giving up its sovereignty. We're going to have corporate courts determine whether the foreign government or the foreign company is living up to its obligations. Uh, we, we, there, were, there were demonstrations in Europe this last week where hundreds of thousands of ordinary folks took to the streets in Europe, in European countries, over the investment state provision. Remember, there's a lot of trade deals being negotiated. There's also a trade deal going on simultaneously with Europe where they're trying to impose these same standards there as we do the TPP. So America will have a trade deal with Europe, have a trade deal with South America, have a trade deal with the, uh, these 12 countries. They're working on a, on a trade deal called the Bit with China. And what they're going to do is corporatize the whole of the American um, manufacturing establishment. And, and what we need to do is make sure that every candidate that is going to run as a Democrat, whether it's at the state level, whether it's at the federal level, it's against these rotten trade deals that are stealing our jobs and giving up our sovereignty. And we need to go after some Republicans. I, I agree with you whole, wholeheartedly, and obviously that's not going to be happening much tonight. Speaking of tonight, when we posed that question about Anderson Cooper, you know, CTGJR uh, wanted me uh, to tell you, uh, Leo, that Clinton and NAFTA destroyed manufacturing, and China got what was left. We closed – he says they closed the manufacturing factory that he worked at uh, this year. And Mike says international trade and U.S. jobs are something that – have to be addressed. He can't imagine why Anderson Cooper wouldn't talk about this. Is this high enough among Americans' priorities as voters? And if not, how do, we get, how do we get it to be? I think there's a reason that Bernie uh, is getting tens of thousands of people at his rallies. And, and one of the big reasons is not just all the things that he's been for, but it's that he's been against these trade deals from the start. And the average American is ahead of the American political establishment on this. They know I mean, a father who would like to have his son working in one of the manufacturing centers where he was able to raise his family uh, can't get a job there because that job isn't there anymore. Uh, and, and like I said, 5.8 million jobs could be created by just enforcing the currency manipulation that we've identified 20 countries as doing. We've had a, a wealth transfer of several trillions of dollars to China by accumulated trade deficits. We've now got Mexico as the fastest-growing auto assembly market in North America. The Mexican auto assembly market is growing faster than any other market in North America, United States, or Canada. Why is that happening? It's happening because they can assemble vehicles in Mexico from all around the world, especially these now 12 TPP countries and South Korea and any other country, including China, then export them to the U.S. duty-free. And, and pay Mexican wages of under five dollars an hour when, you know, an, an, an American worker is making fifteen, sixteen, or twenty-five dollars an hour. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. But what you got to come to understand is that unless we mobilize the American public, they'll keep pulling the wool over our eyes by telling these lies. These deals aren't trade deals. These deals are investment deals for Wall Street and multinational corporations. They will set up shop wherever they want. And they've drills that have been struck by the State Department to believe that having those countries more dependable on the U.S. gives us uh, national security. The best national security we have is a strong industrial base that makes good things and makes them with high quality. Absolutely. I don't even begin to talk about what's happening to the Bay Bridge, Leslie, that you may be seeing in your area now. The, the, the steel cables are now 
corroding a lot faster than we're given credit for. The Bay Bridge has only been open for, what, a year and a half? Yep, that's one example. That's a bit north to me in San Francisco, but uh, I hear you, Leo. I used to live there, beautiful bridge, and so many thousands of people traveling it. The dangers that could be involved. People worry about earthquakes, forget it. <laughs> Just worry about daily. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.